welcome in to another episode of Grady Research Radio, the podcast highlighting the research and expertise coming out of Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia, advancing knowledge, innovation, and creation in the fields of journalism, advertising, public relations, and entertainment and media studies. I'm your host, Jackson Schroeder. Dr. David Clemenston to talk about the communications strategies of Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker heading into the December runoff election. Dr. Clemenston is an assistant professor in public relations at Grady College and a political communication researcher. Without further ado. So what does a runoff mean for both of these candidates, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock? Are either of them feeling particularly happy about it? I bet neither of them is really feeling particularly happy about having to do it all for another month and the more fundraising and the more attack ads and the more interviews, um, invitations to debates. Um, Obviously, either one of them would have rather won on election day. Herschel... I mean, you could go any any number of ways about speculating about Herschel. On the one hand, the Libertarian was also on the ballot for the the uh, general election, and um, so probably siphoned off some of his support that could have potentially put him over the fifty percent plus one majority margin. And and there's all kinds of speculation as now we see that regardless of who wins this Georgia seat the Democrats will retain the majority in the U.S. Senate. That could um, depress turnout among Republicans who would have been motivated to uh, get Herschel that majority for the Republicans in the Senate. Um, It could depress turnout for Warnock if he's the front runner and and fundraising and everything. Um, Or it could benefit Herschel if, uh, let's say, people had some trepidation of his lack of electoral government political experience and they were hesitant about wanting him to, to be a U.S. senator with his lack of experience. Maybe now it's not as big a deal if he's going to be in the minority in the U.S. Senate anyway. So, yeah, it's another another month of election torture for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, in just about every one of Warnock's comms efforts, from his ads to his public addresses and speeches, he continues to question Herschel Walker's credibility. Um, I know that you've done a lot of studies about factors that impede or bolster a politician's credibility. So where does Walker currently stand in terms of his perceived credibility? And does that even really matter? Yeah, Warnock has been hammering away, laser focused on lack of credibility of his opponent, which is pretty typical for for politicians to try to pull that on each other in campaigns. But Warnock has been really good about staying uh, disciplined and on message with chipping away at the perceived trustworthiness of uh, Herschel Walker. He's run ads specifically attacking Herschel for not answering reporters' questions, running away from reporters, um, which is, as you said, 
my key focus in my research. So I, of course, find this just it's brilliant strategically um, to hammer away at the credibility of your opponent, especially um, in terms of trying to deflect questions from the media and not wanting to be questioned about stuff in debates and, and press conferences and media interviews. Um, whereas Herschel it, it seems kind of scattershot with his messaging. Um, obviously, a lot of elements of the nation are to his benefit as the challenger. He hasn't been part of the system, which um, you've got inflation and crime and and uh, recession and unpopular uh Democratic president in the White House. All these factors are just huge to be benefiting the challenger Republican. And yet we don't see as much discipline from Herschel in what his exact issues are that he's honing in on. Whereas uh, Warnock is, is going after Herschel saying, you can't trust the guy. Now, in their debate, as in a lot of debates, you go back and forth with politicians saying, he's a liar. No, he's a liar. Um, really any given day in the news as they're attacking each other, they're accusing each other of being a liar. And that is the kind of research that I do looking at the effects of politicians having their veracity impugned. And I know from experiments that I've run that if a journalist accuses a politician of being deceptively evasive, voters believe the journalist. And it doesn't matter if the journalist's allegation is accurate or not. A bogus allegation, people will still believe the journalist. And this is surprising, of course, when you've got surveys, polls out there saying that the public doesn't trust the media. But when we move from that self-reported uh, polls and survey measurement to experiments where people aren't being prompted to be suspicious of the media, we see in my experiments that uh, people tend to believe the media. They take their word for it. And so if Herschel is being accused of being evasive and deceptive and all this stuff, even if he's not, people will still tend to believe the charge, their suspicions being activated like that, especially if it's a reporter. They might be slightly more skeptical of, obviously, the, the Democratic opponent who's motivated in the zero-sum game uh, to, to tear down Herschel. But, um, yeah, especially if it's a reporter, which is— a, a smart strategy of Warnock to present these ads showing it's not just me saying it. Look at what other media are saying. I follow the logic that if you say someone is dodging a question, people are inclined to believe that. But is that really a big deal? And does it really affect people? Right. So I've run some experiments showing just what kind of happens in someone's brain. Well, not literally in their brain, but in their cognitive processing of an allegation of evasion. So, yeah, like you say, um, 
it seems simple enough that, all right, Warnock says uh, Herschel is dodging questions and you're like, okay, I believe him. That seems plausible that Herschel is dodging questions and maybe that'll result in less trustworthiness of, of Herschel. But does that really affect people all that much? So I've run experiments that show that if people think that a politician is trying to keep you from thinking about something, that this triggers rumination. Now, rumination is a really harmful uh, consequence for for your health, for your, your mental and physical health are hurt if you're ruminating over something. All this research in cognitive and social psychology on the detriment of, uh, of obsessing over something. And uh, so if you think, all right, Herschel was asked about his stance on that issue or that ex-girlfriend of his or that child of his, and he didn't want you to, to think about it. He wanted to change the subject. He tried to deflect that question. That can very well cause rumination in voters' minds, and it causes them to obsess over it and to want an answer even more. And ironically, there's this rebound in the head, which makes you want to think about it more than if he had, for example, done the opposite and talked about it a lot. You'd actually get tired of hearing about it. If, you know, in some alternate universe, he went on some tour where he only talked about, I don't know, um, past girlfriends or other children that he didn't talk about until the the campaign. Um, And so it causes this rumination. And that causes people to obsess over it even worse. So when Warnock is out there telling people, um, look, a reporter asked Herschel about this ex-girlfriend or this child or abortion, and he wouldn't answer the question and he didn't want you to think about his stance on that policy, that triggers rumination, which then plays this key role in depressing uh, the trustworthiness in the candidate. Great. So speaking a little bit more about how Warnock is accusing Walker of dodging questions, do you believe that that has the power to flip any votes or motivate um, a higher voter turnout? I think it can definitely depress turnout and it can proverbially splash on other things also, because by accusing Herschel Walker of being deceptive and dishonest and not answering questions and running away from reporters and not wanting to debate, you are not just impugning his integrity, his character, but questioning his trustworthiness entirely, which can then splash on everything else. Because if you can't be trusted, then what else matters? Why would you vote for somebody if you can't trust them, if you can't take take their word for it, then it's like you're neutralizing anything they're going to say about their plan for dealing with illegal immigration or crime or inflation. Um, So, yeah, I can see it having a depressing effect on turnout, demoralizing the base, um, which is why Herschel would need to be getting out in front of that more and with his behavior and actions um, being more forceful 
in defending against it. Great. Um, and this is semi-speculative, as is a lot of this, but obviously the libertarian candidate received roughly 2% of the vote. Do you foresee those 2% um, of, P- of voters being motivated to come out to this election and vote in the runoff? Given that they were inclined to not vote for either Herschel or Warnock, you would think, well, if they weren't motivated in the general when they were already going to be turning out, why would they turn out a month later in a runoff when Herschel and Warnock are the only ones on that ballot? Um, But at the same time, they're libertarians, which are conservatives even more extreme than conservative Republicans. You got, you know, Herschel wanting limited government and the libertarian wants no government. And so they're going to be siding ideologically with Herschel Walker, whether they're going to be motivated to turn out. Um, I mean, that's a crucial 2%. I mean, he could have potentially, and even the libertarians said during the campaign that he knew he was being a spoiler and he knew he wasn't going to win, but he at least wanted to be on the ballot and he wanted to motivate a runoff. Um, So Herschel, Herschel could be focusing on those kinds of folks hammering his own um, conservative ideology to keep them motivated. And we see a lot of ads from Warnock reminding his supporters there's the race was really close. No one got 50 percent. We've we've got to bring this over the finish line. And I haven't seen those kinds of ads of Herschel. Great. So what do you believe is Walker's best approach going into the runoff? Going back to what we were talking about, about his veracity, his trustworthiness being impugned, I think he needs to. Um, fight fire with fire and refute these allegations that he's being deceptive. Um, And I think he should be honing in more on a message. Now, you could say, well, Warnock doesn't really have a message either. He's just attacking the opponent. He's not running on his own record. And uh, so much as talking about certain issues like abortion, but not so much running on his own record from being in the U.S. Senate, um, more so attacking Herschel. Um, But yeah, Herschel should, if, if Herschel wants to do the same thing and fight fire with fire, then he should be more laser focused on that. Um, He can, you know, it takes two to tango, right? He could be turning around the same kind of accusations against uh, Warnock if Warnock is also um, being evasive. Because there's certainly clips out there of instances where where Warnock would dodge questions in press gaggles and and, uh, debates also. Great. So I I know that there's a little bit back and forth um, and Warnock and Walker have both been doing a decent amount of refuting, whether that's in their advertisements or just statements that they've given to the media. So based on your studies, do you believe that refuting is a a a good tactic for candidates? So my research, I've run experiments on this very thing. And this series of experiments that I've run have shown that a politician absolutely has to refute an allegation of deception lodged against him by uh, by the media. That, uh, as I mentioned, 
the public voters are going to believe that he was dodgy, even if it's the journalist who's being dishonest with the allegation. Um, and but my experiments show that it's not just about the verbal communication of uh, refuting, like saying, no, I did answer that question. You're falsely accusing me. It's not just about that message content. You've also got to have believable demeanor at the same time, which really gets us into some deep behavioral scientific research. Um that, yeah, Herschel needs to not just refute it. Um, and Warnock, we see, is is good about modifying his nonverbal behavioral impressions also in the face of uh, charges that are, that are lodged against him. And I think Herschel's pretty good, too. I think we saw um, instances in the debate where— um, where Herschel's really good at keeping his demeanor together also. So the main point isn't like he and his strategists. All right, let's say Herschel and his strategists are meeting right now to, to decipher this very question, or even better yet, they're simply listening to this podcast right now because we're giving them the most brilliant advice based <laughs> on real scientific findings, not just speculative whatever of a consultant. Um what they need to be practicing isn't so much. Here's the words you should say, Herschel. Here's exactly the words to use. They like that really doesn't matter as much. It's his own believable demeanor that he should be um, focused on mastering so that then whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it will carry more weight in voters believing what you're saying. Great. And we spoke about this a little bit at the beginning, but just getting back to it, what do you anticipate voter turnout looking like for this runoff election? Um, and do you believe the runoff will benefit one candidate over the other? Um, well, given well, there's a few factors here. One is that whereas before, if the majority in the U.S. Senate hinged on this election, then people all over the country, practically all over the world, would be parachuting in. It'd be even more of a circus than it is right now if uh, all of Congress rested on who wins this race. So turnout would have been just off the charts. Um, I guess, fortunately for those of us who, who want some uh, veritable peace in our lives. Uh, it, it's not that way. So ironically, the candidates are really having to bolster turnout more themselves with uh, the, the kinds of messaging and, and events that they're doing and media outreach. Um, now to your second part of the question, who does it benefit? I think it benefits, I mean, simply because the general election midterm had the libertarian spoiler on the ballot siphoning off conservative voters, you got to think it would benefit Herschel to get another shot at it without the libertarian on the ballot muddying things. But yeah, we'll see. Great. Well, thank you for joining us today. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me.
That's it for this episode of Grady Research Radio. Thanks for tuning in.